The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number five for the week of July 11th, 2005. This one goes out to London. Greetings, folks, and thanks for joining us, or thanks for tuning in for the first time. Once again, this is Dave Hamilton. I'm here from the Mac Observer with John Braun, and we are here to bring you the Mac Geek Gab. Hi, John. How are you? Hi. Tuning? How do you tune with the podcast? You know, I don't know. It's because I listen to radio sometimes, and, uh, and you know, we're, we're amateurs, good. I think, so <laughs> I, I, get to, I get to make that rookie mistake. So, Dave, you know, I was I was strolling down the halls of the Mac Observer Towers, and I walked by the server room, and I noticed a, a lot of activity. Can you what, what's going on in there? Uh, I'll tell you, John. This week, we've seen a ton of new subscribers here. Uh, most of you are coming in through iTunes uh, four nine, of course, and the the numbers have gone through the roof. In fact, at at, at this point, we're at number thirteen on the uh, the iTunes list, and and I'd, I'd like to thank all of you for that, all of you listeners. And and also uh, for whoever at Apple put us on the uh, uh, on the on the homepage of uh, the iTunes Music Store. Of course, by saying that now, I'm sure you know we've, we've jinxed ourselves <laughs> and that'll be erased immediately. But uh, it it the the numbers have been fantastic. It, it's amazing to know how many of you are actually listening to this. And I'm hoping that doesn't really scare John by by me saying that. So hopefully, maybe he didn't hear it. But I'm okay, oh, you're okay. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely amazing. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for all of your email this week. This was a perfect week for us to have chosen to do yeah. a, a mailbag episode because the mail has just been flooding in to the point where the we can't. The mailbag is overflowing. It is. We can't respond anymore. Uh, you know, we went from, from being able to respond twice to every email to now not being able to respond at all. But we're, we're working on it. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, this is going to be a busy week for us. It was a busy week for me this past week. Um, I imagine it was the same for you, John, getting ready to, uh, to embark tomorrow morning. We, we record this on Sunday nights, so tomorrow would be Monday. And uh, tomorrow morning, both John and I embark for Boston, where we will be attending Macworld Expo, which runs Tuesday through Thursday, I guess, of next week. Mm -hmm. So, Indeed. Where, what's that? I'm ready. Are you sure? It's gotten smaller. Well, I still got a pack. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, it doesn't change how much we need to pack. That's right. <laughs> yeah, these co shows have been uh, kind of strange. Yeah, like, uh, I think I like them better in New York, but, uh, but Boston's always nice to visit. Yeah, I, I I prefer visiting Boston, especially now that uh, I'm living here in Durham, New Hampshire, which is just an hour away. So uh, a little closer for you, slightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so I do remember going to Apple Fest up in Boston. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, you know, it was funny. I was thinking earlier today whether or not we should we should kind of tell people about our history here. John and I have known each other since well, since I was sixteen, and since John was well a little bit older than me. Uh, and one of the things we started doing together right off the bat was going to Apple Fest, and then eventually MacWorld. And I believe the first MacWorld we ever went to together was in Boston. So interesting yeah. that we will be heading to Boston this week and podcasting from there. Uh, at least as long as technology works on our side or comes comes close to working on our side, we will record one for you, at least one for you, while we're in Boston. Mm -hmm. So, Okay, so Dave, why don't you reach into the email bag and uh, see if we can answer the, uh, the 
one of the myriad of questions. Well, there was one other thing, if, if you don't mind me having oh. at least one more announcement to make, because uh, okay. it's just been such a busy week. In fact, I was up uh. till about 4 a.m. every night this week working on what is now, we're now released, and we can now talk about the, the new site called iPod Observer. Yes, that's right. The folks here, us at Mac Observer, have brought you a new site focusing just on iPod music, news, reviews, podcasts, anything to do with iPod and really digital music in general called iPod Observer, available at iPodObserver.com. We soft-launched it on Friday afternoon, and there will be an announcement up in the morning, probably either shortly before or, or after this podcast is, is kind of let loose into the wild. So have you okay. had a chance I'll to check it out, John? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Good. There's, there's just, uh, yeah, I like the look. Um, can't wait for uh, the content to start flowing. And John will be helping with the content. John will, will uh, probably even before you guys get this, and, and I hope you like how I sort of kind of railroad John into doing this. John will log in and post some of his own music reviews for you folks to see on the site. So, I will. I yeah, will. Yes, yes, you will. <laughs> All right. So now, without further ado, I will reach into the mailbag and uh, and and look for the first email of the day. And I'm not sure where that is here. Oh, I found it. Something almost bit me in the bag, though. So not sure. We gotta we gotta get a new bag, John. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it, we've decided to do this show based on entirely on reader feedback. And this first one is one of the first pieces we received uh, this week from Alf Watt of iStumbler.net, rather. And he creates a product called iStumbler, which looks for wireless networks. And this was in regards to our wireless network podcast. And one of the things Alf said in his email was, I was a little shocked to hear what you were suggesting in regards to wireless security. And he actually wrote us a big, long note. And the gist of it was... And, and this is an important point to make that we did not make during the podcast. I wanted to make sure we got this out. Regardless of how much security you apply to your wireless network, be it WEP or WPA or Mac-based encryption, whatever you do, it only is secure to the point of getting to the wireless base station. So someone may or, or depending on the level of security, may not be able to pull your data out of the, out of the, out of the air, as it, as it were, However, sending it over the Internet, most of the time what you're sending over the Internet, unless you do something about it, is completely insecure. So don't trick yourself into thinking that it's any more secure than your wired connection to the Internet is or always has been. And, uh, and Alf makes a great point. He also makes a great product, mm -hmm. uh, iStumbler, available at iStumbler.net. So that's message number I would, one. Um to, to add to that, uh, just, you know, when you connect to a website, make sure you should be able to see the URL, but make sure if it is like a banking site or stocks or something like that, uh, the URL should have an HTTPS. S means secure. That's right. And that's one way that you can use to secure the content that's going between you and the server that you're talking to. And you'll also, uh, I think with uh, Safari, though I don't see it right now, but you'll get a little lock somewhere. Uh, so just, uh, you know, look for that. Or use something like a VPN, a virtual private network, is another way to uh, to do that. So uh, that was a good point. Yeah, excellent point. Thank you, Alf. Appreciate it. The next piece in the bag, and uh, I'll let John handle this, but I'll uh, I'll read the emails from two folks that we got. We 
in the very first podcast, we were talking about an issue where my processor usage on, on one of my machines was going through the roof. And we mentioned the fine process, process and John had a question about it. And both Anders Ohm, I believe I'm spelling that or saying that correctly, mm-hmm. and Dave Reed wrote in and said uh, the find command could be that update DB updates is, its database via cron and cron being the thing that triggers actions to happen on your Mac at specific times. And Dave Reed wrote in and said, uh, this is the process to build the locate database and is typically run automatically via a cron job. So both of them thought that perhaps this was something that was being triggered by cron. In fact, it was, but uh, th- that wasn't the point of John's question. So I, I, will, I will let John uh, sort of answer their, uh, their questions here. Yeah, and I think, well, pretty much that they helped me uh, track down, you know, to the end what was happening here. So uh, so definitely was a uh, scheduled thing that was taking up the processor, and it was find that is then launched by locate, and it is actually a, uh, like, system type of database. And the interesting thing right now is that what this database does, um, and it sounds like a, a relic from Linux and uh, Unix and the command line thing. Definitely. That it'll, uh, it keeps a list of where files are on the disk and what directories they're in. And the good point that was brought up uh, by one of our uh, uh, listeners was that now that you have Spotlight, this sort of database is something that you uh, probably really don't need unless you like going into the command line and you need a quick way to find out in which directory a file is located. But uh, Spotlight can tell you that as well. So um, one of the uh, one of the things left over from Unix, there's, you know, ton of things that we could do many podcasts and maybe we will on uh just some of the little unix command line things that are buried but so that's why that's happening fortunately it doesn't happen too often in my case it just so happened that it was happening you know while i was in front of my machine and i'm like why is the disc going crazy and that's why so thanks for writing in guys the next question comes from doug gottlieb and john and i got off on one of our tangents uh in in regards to a product called tivo uh, on the, I believe it was the first or maybe even the second podcast. And one of the things that Doug asked, TiVo is, just to give you some background, it is a service that allows you to download or record TV and watch it at your schedule. And one of the things it requires is a connection either via a phone line or via a network connection to TiVo's servers and in order to get television subscription data, uh, channel listings, program guide listings, that sort of thing. One of the things that Doug asked was, I don't own a TiVo, but I've always wanted one for the Mac connectivity. It seems like a really cheap, slick way to access my photos and iTunes through my TV home theater. My question is, I don't want to pay for TiVo service. I already have a DVR as part of my digital cable package that can record two digital cable shows at once while playing back a third previously recorded show, and it was free, or at least built into his cable price, and the monthly charge is less than TiVo. But I would love a $99 device that can do what most of what Elgato's ITV does for $300 less. So it's a big question. Will the connectivity work without a TiVo subscription? And the TiVo subscription is something that you can either pay. Nowadays, you can pay 300 bucks and get a lifetime subscription for the life of the unit. Not your life, but the unit's life. Or I believe it's $14.95 or, or maybe $12.95 a month. I called TiVo on this because this was something I was curious about. And as it turns out, no, you cannot use any features of the TiVo 
without having a subscription. Uh, and and the, yeah, the customer service rep that I spoke with, you know, when I asked him the question, his answer was, well, no. And you could tell you know, that he didn't really like the answer. Yeah. I, well, you know, it almost, I don't know. I mean, I'll trust you on this one, Dave, but to me, it almost doesn't sound right. I mean, I, I, I know it complains if it can't connect, but I thought you could program it manually. But, no, okay, a, a, maybe you, can, it... you can, but after a period of time, it <clears throat> shuts down, and the only thing it lets you do wow. is play programs that it has recorded internally. So, it's yeah, very unfriendly. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, and and they didn't seem, or at least their their rep didn't seem too happy about having to give me that answer. But I guess they're in the business to uh, to make monthly recurring revenue, and there's a beautiful wow. thing. Yeah. yeah, so imagine that. Okay, um, yeah, and that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. That's where we're at. So I'm, I thought we had another question about TiVo. And, oh, actually, we, we had a question. <laughs> we had a question or a comment, rather, from uh, Peter, who is listening to our podcast all the way in the Himalayas. And for some of you, that wow. may be next door. But for us, it's not. It's very far away. And it, it, relating to TiVo, but, but more so relating to podcasts, he said, one thing that you missed was the ability to rewind and that's that, he's absolutely right, and it's true with both TiVo and with podcasts. That while you're listening, you can rewind and listen back to something which you cannot do with radio, and you can fast forward to skip something mm-hmm. that you may or may not be interested in. And that's what those buttons are Good there for. Point. Yeah, and you know, I have a I have a coworker who actually was funny. He he, I saw that spark in his eyes because he he was he just his wife won an iPod a uh, twenty gig. 4G as a gift, and and he came to me and he was like, "Wow, you know, I really like this thing. You know, he ripped all the CDs onto it. I think like most of the uh, at least the you know the older iPod listeners who have an existing collection, right? Uh, I would suspect more of them are ripping their music to their iPod than buying a whole bunch. Um, though I could be wrong, but that's just my perception of the people that I know is that a lot of music on their pod is stuff that they've already had, right? Um, you know, the newer generation, I'm sure, is going to be buying their music from the uh, the music store. But anyways, he, he was saying to me, gee, you know, I really like this thing, but how, I can't go forward or backwards in a song. And I'm like, here, all right, you're playing a song, right? Press the white button once. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I think it was just something that I accidentally did one time when yeah. I was using the iPod. Is I'm like, what happens if I press the white button while I'm playing things? And lo and behold, a new feature came up, which is to go forwards and backwards within your song. Yep. But... He never thought of pressing the button to uh, – so I guess it's not totally intuitive, but once he saw how to do it, it was really neat. And then I yep. guess the third press also lets you rate your song. That's right. What, what John's talking about by the first press is a feature called scrubbing, which has been known – or at least the term has been used in the audio and video, video editing worlds for years. But by pressing the white button once, now that the scroll wheel, if you will, on your iPod, instead of controlling the volume, which is what it normally does, controls your place in – the song or podcast or whatever it is you're listening to. So if you press the button mm-hmm. once and then start spinning the wheel forward, you'll see the time of the program, the, the time spent and time remaining, changing. And when you stop spinning the wheel, it jumps to wherever you have set it to go in the show. Very, very handy feature. And you're right. Most people, I didn't notice it at first either. So very, uh, mm-hmm. very handy. Well, we asked you folks for your audio comments. And you know how many we got? John, do you know how many we got? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You already do. Well, why don't you (laughs) pretend like you don't for a second? We asked for your audio comments. And, John, do you know how many we got? No, Dave. How many did we get? (laughs) We got one. One? 
100? One. That's right. A single audio comment. And, and I, have to <laughs> I have to preface this and say that it's not really the kind of question we were looking for. However, I did say last week, if you send in an audio comment, chances you are it. you're nearly guaranteed to get it played. Well, as it turns out, that guarantee is about to be delivered upon by yours truly. So Ryan sent in an audio comment. It's not really a question, although I guess it includes a question. It kind of harkens back to a topic that John and I have already hashed through. But you know what, Ryan, for you, we're going to hash through it again. Here we go. Hey, guys, my name is Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I listen to your show all the time, every episode, right along with the Twit podcast. Uh, I know this issue has been done over many, many times, but I'd like even. to know what you guys think about my little conspiracy theory about the Macintale. Oh, boy. By the end of 2007... Apple will have a complete line of computers that can run Mac OS X, Windows, Linux, all at full speed, no emulation, all natively. Not one other computer company is going to be able to say that. I think Apple's going for a three-stage attack for taking on Microsoft. Wow. Here's the way I see it played out. Stage one, keep OS X on Apple boxes only. Now, the Dells, Gateways, HPs will all start to scream Monopoly. But everyone knows how long these legal cases take to pan out, including mm -hmm. Apple. Right before judgment is handed down, I think Apple will say, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't keep this to ourselves. We're going to look like the good guys, and we're going to go ahead and license OS X to the PC companies, but not as a retail product for store shelves. Not yet. By then, I think Apple will have made a lot of cash on the famous computers that can run any OS. That's stage two. License OS X to the PC companies. Here's where the market share comes pouring in. This is when they'll finally be strong enough to take on Microsoft directly. Stage 3. A year or two later, OS X on store shelves for the enthusiast that likes to build their own systems. Wow. I don't think Apple wants to keep OS X to itself. Remember, really? Steve Jobs said himself in his last keynote that the heart of a Mac is its operating system. Those words may have meant more than just easing the Mac faithful about switching to Intel. You can say Apple is a hardware company right now, but the writing is on the wall. Apple has developed a lot of great software lately, and I believe they're doing it for a reason. I believe this is the reason. So what do you guys think? Thanks for writing in, or sending in, Brian. Sending. Uh, Ryan, rather, sorry. Uh, John, I'm going to let you uh, take this one here. What do I think? Um, I don't know. I'd have to take the guns to this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mean you I should erase the last minute and 56 seconds of the, our, our podcast? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. Um, the only issue I have is that Apple does need a stream of revenue. So the, the, the only part of the scenario that I'm concerned about is that right now, Apple still makes lion's share of their uh, revenue and income from their hardware sales. Um, that's where I'm concerned about the licensing issue. Yeah. Because... You know they they're gonna make they got to make the hardware money. You know that keeps I, them afloat. I, I don't think they could keep afloat without it. I, I agree with you, John. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So the software revenue. So I see that switch happening now. Where I could see this panning out though is that Apple does have a very fast growing portion of their business that also sells hardware and is profitable, and that's the iPod section. But I don't know at this point in time. It's not something that could sustain them. Yeah, I don't see it. Um, I can't see them getting rid of 
you know, because as soon as OS X is something that you can run on any, easily run on any Intel box, then hardware sales evaporate, and that's bad, and then the company could go away. I mean, they, if you remember the bad old days of uh, the clones, Dave, well, actually, yeah. they were good. Oh, no, they were I good. I had a couple of power computing machines, and I loved every one of yeah. them. Yeah. I thought they were great, but if you looked at Apple's financials during the cloning period, you may have not, noticed Not something. so good. That's right. Yeah. If you were an Apple they stockholder, were, it, 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 it sucked. Yeah. They were going in the toilet. So yeah, if they kept that's right. licensing, if, if they kept not doing hardware sales where they made the money, they would have gone out of business. So right. That's, that's why they shut where, it down. Yeah. 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 And it was just, yeah, it, it was to keep the company uh, profitable and it, it must have worked because they are. Here, here we are. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I think Ryan's conspiracy theory is an interesting one, and certainly uh, good for uh, some some self pondering, however, or self reflection. But I, I don't think that that's Apple's plan. It would shock me if they had a plan in place along the lines of what Ryan's suggesting, and it actually was something that they thought was going to make them profitable. I don't think they can compete with Microsoft on the OS front. So. No, it's nicer, but it, it, it doesn't have the uh, the presence and the applications. But I do see Apple moving in that direction. You know, as far as the uh, <clears throat> you know, as far as the applications out there. If yeah. you notice, Dave, um, yeah. I, iTunes you know, works on Windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see a lot of their stuff now. They don't yet have their uh, iLife suite, though. That would be very nice. Um, now, you know, what's funny. I just noticed this the other day. So, so you have Pages, which is yes. a word processor. That's you have right. Keynote. Which is presentation software now? Yes, Dave. Have you have you been perusing the uh, you know United States Patent and Trademark Office website lately? I, I noticed something called numbers. Wow, gee, yeah. what what type of product could that be, Dave? I don't know. Could it be <laughs> uh, a really enhanced calculator, John? I, <laughs> no. You know, I think that's what it's going to be, and then yeah. that'll just you know round out their uh, suite well, of. Uh, well, remember the first product that we had on on the Apple II back in the day that the, the first killer app, if you will was VisiCalc. Now, of course, Apple didn't write that, but oh, gosh, it was yeah. it was a spreadsheet, and it's what it, it's the app that made the personal computer, not just the Apple II, but the personal computer in general, work oh, yeah. for the masses. And I, I think Apple's doing the same thing with, with numbers. It, it would make sense. Now, whether, as we've seen with Apple, they, they register many patents, as well they should, for products that never see the light of day. So mm -hmm. does it make sense that numbers is a spreadsheet that Apple's working on? I think so. Does it? That'd be is my it, guess. Yeah. Is it a guarantee that we'll see it released? No, absolutely not. You know, mm -hmm. who knows, right? Who knows? Do you know? Okay. What else? What else you got in the bag? There, All right. Dave? Uh, I got one last question from Duffy Franco, who is a longtime listener and and good friend, and he had he he wrote in very quickly with a very quick response, and Duffy says. Hi, Dave and John. Uh, my hard drive disappeared from my desktop. How can Ooh. I get it back? It's still in the Finder window, but not on the desktop. Very interesting. Okay. Also, that scared me at first when I read it. Yeah, well, it's also a very simple solution. Go to the Finder menu. So go to the Finder in OS X. Go to the Finder menu. Scroll down to Preferences. And in that little list, and I'm going to do it right here just to make sure I'm doing it right. In that list, click on Sidebar. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Not sidebar. General. Mine was defaulted to sidebar for some reason on this mm -hmm. machine. But click on general. And then there, the first three checkboxes are in a category called show these items on the desktop. Now, that's in Tiger. Uh, I believe Panther had the same thing. John, correct me if you believe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And 
the uh, the first one in that list is hard disks. Check that box, Duffy, and you are good to go, my friend. So that should. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's nice when we get an easy one, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing back to Ryan's question, uh, and not necessarily about Ryan's question, but, but, but about his delivery of it, was that he sent in an audio question. We love audio mm-hmm. questions. We're podcasters. We would love to not have to read your question. We'd love to have you read it. Now, I don't know how Ryan created his question, but we create this podcast, and we'll go into this deeper in a, another podcast. We create it with an application from Rogue Amoeba called Audio Hijack Pro. Mm-hmm. However, you may not have Audio Hijack Pro. GarageBand is another way of creating, <clears throat> excuse me, of creating audio comments. And Wiretap Pro from, why is that not coming to me? Is that from not, uh, Ambrosia, I believe. I, you know, Ambrosia? that's what comes to mind too, but I, I think that's wrong. No, I think I think it's it's them. Is that right? They're it is. You're right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yep, my, my gut was right. Yep, and you're and you were absolutely correct. Wiretap Pro, John. You're right uh, from Ambrosia Software. Yet another way to create audio comments. These will all spit out MP3s or AIFF. You guys can send us audio comments in any format you like. We can convert them on any? this end. Okay. Any. I can take any. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to step up to that challenge, John. Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Then we'll take audio comments in any format you like and uh, until the critical mass is reached, if you send in an audio comment, chances are it's going to get addressed on the show, be it a mailbag show or not, most likely. So, uh it, let's see. There are a, a a few things. We are at the point where we should be wrapping this up, but there are a few mm-hmm. things to go through. Just a, a rata. Uh, like I said, John and I will be at Macworld Boston this week. One of the things that John and I will be doing together will be on uh, on Tuesday at twelve forty five p.m. on the main stage. I don't think the Geeks and Gadgets stage, but the main keynote stage, kind of the off the show mm-hmm. floor stage. John and I will be your judges for the Mac Brainiac Challenge. If you've never been to a Mac Brainiac Challenge before, you're missing out. Chris Breen hosts it. Chris is a fantastic guy and a great host, I might add, despite the fact that he gets so ridiculously nervous before he goes on stage. Uh, but anyway, he's a great host and he does a great job pulling together all these questions for two teams of people, two teams of Mac Mac Cognoscenti, and they try to answer these questions before the other team does. And if there's some question about it, well, John and I will be there to help. Ah. You got it. That's right. (laughs) Don't forget to visit iPodObserver.com, your latest product from the Mac Observer. And I believe, unless you have something else, John, we're ready to uh, head into wrap-up here. You got anything else? Um... No, well, we got to say hi to Dr. Bob because he uh, he said hi to us in one of his articles. So, he uh, did. Yes. He'll probably be at the show, right? Uh, he'll he'll be at the show. In fact, I, I hope to have dinner with uh, Dr. Bob. And by Dr. Bob, John means Bob Levitis. Uh, hope to have dinner with him on on Monday night. That's the uh, that's the plan. But uh, so, hi, Dr. Bob. <laughs> Anything else, John? That'll do it for this week. All right. Folks, you can send your comments, audio or text, to macgeekgab at macobserver.com. We love your comments. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please do so and do it through iTunes. There's a link in the show notes. The show notes, someone asked, the show notes are available at macobserver.com slash podcast. That's macobserver.com slash podcast. Have a great night. Thanks, folks. Thanks.